Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, 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 What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots Podcast, as presented by the Whole Nine Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Mike Hernishan. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Spencer WNS. Devin is not with me today. He had uh, other commitments, so it's uh, just me tonight. No guest. Um, gonna try to get through this a little bit easier, a little bit quicker. Uh, just because, again, no one really wants to hear me ramble on for an hour uh, uninterrupted with uh, no soothing tones of Devin's voice. Um, when you're listening to this, it will be Christmas. I am recording this uh, late on Monday night. Um, Merry Christmas if you celebrate. Happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate Hanukkah. And if you don't celebrate either of those, I hope your Wednesday is going admirably. Um, now that that's out of the way, there's no rant, believe me, it's not fun when you're ranting and you're on your own, it just kind of sounds really weird. Um, let's get into the news, National Signing Day dominated the week, there were no draft declarations in conference again, uh, no one saying that they were gonna go back, uh, there really, it was kind of a dull week, uh, some takeaways from National Signing Day though. Ohio State, business as usual, tops in the conference. Um, you know, Michigan had a good um, recruiting class. I believe they were second or third in the conference. Wisconsin did well. Uh, Nebraska was, I believe, in the top five or six. They had a good uh, recruiting class. Um, Maryland got a five-star recruit. They've had a surprisingly good uh, recruiting class so far this year. I think a large part of that is due to the fact that Mike Loxley has long been considered one of the best recruiters in college. Um, he's a much better recruiter than he is a coach. So, excuse me as I take a sip of my tea. Um, much better recruiter than he's a coach, so at least Maryland's got that going for them. Now they can bring in uh, talent. Not the first time this has happened where Maryland's gotten a five-star prospect. Uh, Stephon Diggs was the last one I could think of. But what makes this one more shocking is that they got a five-star prospect out from LSU. Uh, wide receiver Rakeem Jarrett. He is a Maryland homegrown kid, uh, but had initially uh, committed to LSU, then backed out on early signing day to... Um, commit to Maryland, which is a little surprising. Um, and then, really, the last takeaway from that is that um, Michigan State, still, the decline of the Spartans continues. It doesn't seem like it's going to be ending anytime soon, which is kind of surprising. Uh, Would have thought that with uh, the full support of the AD, maybe, you know, the Spartans could kind of end up in that middle of the pack in terms of uh, recruiting the conference. That did not happen. Uh, whereas I expected them to kind of finish like in that five to eight range in terms of recruiting class so far. They're at number 11 in the conference, which is uh, really disappointing. Disappointing to say the, uh, the absolute least. Uh, Something's got to change. I don't know what's going on. Uh, if this may, if this may end up resulting in just more bad seasons for Michigan State, it's uh, it's not been great. 
It really hasn't. It's been very disappointing. Um, we'll have to see where that leads the Spartans going forward because, I mean, D'Antonio's going to be there for at least another year, but we're going to have to see if maybe this is the year where it all goes south and he's gone. Uh, that's really all I have to say on National Signing Day, uh, and sorry, Early Signing Day. Um, I'm going to be totally honest, high school recruiting is not exactly an area I focus a lot on. Um, I like to kind of focus on guys once they have signed and are actively playing for the teams. So we'll have to see. Um, obviously, <laughs> uh, with the big shots, it's going to be a bigger emphasis, especially come February, uh, when there's like nothing to preview other than combine, uh, like that type of stuff. Cause we kind of will be tackling the draft here. Uh, from just a Big Ten perspective, that's kind of the way that we've broken this up. Um, so yeah, I guess I got to get a little bit more familiar with uh, recruiting and, and whatnot. Um, see how that goes. Uh, but you know what? It's a great week because for the first time in what seems like forever... We have college football to talk about. Like, there are games actively going. It's bowl season. Who doesn't love bowl season? We've seen some craziness happen in bowl games for other conferences. Um, I mean, we saw the uh, Kent State-Utah State game where, like, neither team was able to play a lick of defense, and that game was amazing. Uh, today, Monday, we had the Gasparilla Bowl where, like, Marshall and UCF both just couldn't play defense and it was like incredibly high scoring um gotta love early 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 bowl games are some of the more entertaining ones because it's all players that like you've never watched before because they're conferences that don't get on uh, on television or they're teams that don't get on television or whatnot um and then it's always just absolute craziness uh this year kind of surprising that like we've barely had any power five schools play before christmas usually there's a couple i think washington is the only one that's played so far um but you know bowl season for the big 10 kicks off uh on friday we've got a couple games on friday a couple games on saturday and then we've got one on monday uh, and i'm going to pre preview all five of those uh the reason we're pre previewing the monday one is that Devin and i record on monday um so there's no point reviewing a game that by the time the uh, next week's episode has come out has already taken place. Uh, yeah, that just doesn't make any sense. So let's get into it. Before I go in uh, in depth, Devin has sent me his picks for the week. Uh, and just for a little added bonus, uh, we've decided that uh, there's a friendly wager in terms of the picks um when the whole nine crew is available uh, when the whole nine crew is down in mobile alabama for the senior bowl the loser of the head-to-head -head predictions for bowl season buys lunch and one last thing before I move on to the picks. Uh, today is Christmas, as I mentioned before. It's also the last day to enter yourself in the whole nine sports Amazon Echo dot giveaway. 
Um, yes, we at Whole Night Sports are giving away an Amazon Echo Dot. Um, so, you know what? You opened your presents today, and your grandma got you that ugly sweater, and your Aunt Stacy got you something, like, way outdated. Got you a fidget spinner. Who uses fidget spinners in 2019? Nobody. You know what people do use in 2019? It's exactly that. It's it's exactly what I'm shilling. It's the Amazon Echo Dot. Who doesn't want to be sitting in their room and look at, you know, when you can't find your phone and just shout out, Alexa, play the Big Shots podcast on Spotify. You can do that now. All you have to do is enter the giveaway. We'll hit 500 followers. We're so close. As of Monday night right now, guys, we are three away three followers away to hit 500 and when we do we're giving one of our followers that has nothing to do with the with the company so i am ineligible devin's ineligible our boss is ineligible so one of you one of the listeners can get a free amazon echo dot i think that beats a really bad christmas sweater now that all of that is out of the way Let's get into the bowl previews. So first up, we have the Pinstripe Bowl, which is being played at Yankee Stadium on Friday, 3.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time um, on ESPN. Just wow. Wow, I really don't care about this game. It's uh, Michigan State and Wake Forest. And the reason I say I don't care is that Michigan State stumbled their way into a bowl game. They really had no business being a bowl-eligible team, given how they played for most of the season. Uh, they were as underwhelming as it got. The quarterback is still making freshman mistakes, despite being a senior. The defense kind of had lapses. The offensive line can't block. Um, yeah, and Wake Forest is missing their best player. Sage Surratt, uh, the wide receiver, He's out for the season. A lot of people thought he was going to declare for the draft. He decided to come back. Um, yeah. This game does not have a lot of uh, a lot of interesting matchups. Uh, the one I have is that the Wake Forest pass rush is led by Carlos Basham Jr., the edge rusher who some thought might test the waters of the NFL. He's decided to go back as well versus a bad Michigan State offensive line. Um... Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is fitting of a pinstripe bowl. Uh, poor Yankee Stadium having to host this. Part of my language, this shit show. Uh, prediction time. Devin is taking Wake Forest thirty-five to twenty, and I am taking Wake Forest thirty-one to twenty-one. Uh, I truly just don't care about this game. I really don't. Next up is one that I will not be able to watch. Um, I am working on Friday night from 4 until 12.30 in the morning. Uh, it is usually the shift I would have on a Wednesday, but obviously because Christmas, uh, it's been pushed back. So, yeah, uh, blame my bosses for this one, uh, but don't because I love my bosses. Um, and I don't mean my whole nine bosses. I love those guys, too. Uh, I, I love you, Brendan. I love you, bro. Uh <laughs> But, um, yeah, my, my, my day job uh, has kind of scheduled me really awkwardly this week with it being Christmas and whatnot, so some of the best games are the ones I'm missing. 
uh, including, it starts with this one. It's a number 22 USC against number 16 Iowa in the Holiday Bowl in San Diego, um, 8 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. This game is interesting for very, very obvious reasons. Uh, very contrasting styles. USC really became uh, an air air raid style offense this year. Not much from their running game. Caden Slovis uh, aired the ball out quite well. Uh, I don't think he's given that, that starting job back to anyone that was there before him. Um, you know, that kind of Graham Harrell-esque offense. Um, yeah, they they were an air raid offense. Michael Pittman is going to be tested by Michael Ojemudia, I believe is how you say it. I could be saying it wrong. Um that's going to be an interesting matchup. But on the other end, Iowa's very traditional. Hand the ball off. Nate Stanley doesn't usually throw it more than about 25 or 30 times in a game. Um, not a lot of tricks in their offense. Uh, so if USC is able to score early, it puts a lot of pressure on Iowa in order to uh, try to stay competitive. One thing that's going to be... Uh, a great thing to watch for, for any uh, draft fans is the A.J. Epineza, the edge from Iowa, obviously. He's been mentioned on this podcast ad nauseum. Uh, versus Austin Jackson, the left tackle for USC. Very raw prospect. Uh, I have him currently as like a late first, early second round grade. Um, kind of raw, but like has all of the traits to be a good NFL offensive tackle and a starting NFL left tackle. Take my money, guys. Just take my money. This this is one that I would pay to watch. I'll have to record this and watch this later. This is going to be a game I watch uh, a bunch uh, just for the different matchups that are going to be there. Uh, that That's probably, actually not even probably, that is the most important matchup in this entire game. AJ Epineza, if he's able to have his way with Austin Jackson, that may force Jackson to come back for his senior year. Uh, and if Jackson keeps Epineza in check, then we're looking at a big stock raise for Austin Jackson, left tackle out of USC. Time for predictions. Devin and I disagree on this one. Devin is taking Iowa 20-17. to 17, um, Whereas I, when you factor in the fact that this is in a... Uh, sorry, this bowl game is in California. So USC fans are going to travel very well from uh <laughs> from Pasadena to San Diego and that it's a high powered offense versus a kind of mundane boring middle of the pack at best offense I'm taking USC in this one um I'm taking them 31 to 20 um again Devin's taking them 20 to 17 so we have our first disagreement on this one uh we'll see who comes out ahead on that one on Saturday, we have the Cotton Bowl Classic at noon on ESPN. It's Memphis versus Penn State. Memphis announced the promotion of Ryan Silverfield, who I believe was their offensive coordinator uh, to head coach, um, with Mike Norvell leaving. Penn State still has several guys yet to uh, decide their NFL futures, such as Utor Gross Matos and a couple of other. Uh, sorry, no, not Utor Gross Matos. He's gone. Uh, KJ Hamler. You can tell I'm a little bit tired. It's been a long day for me, guys. I apologize. Um, 
But my big question is, can Penn State's defense slow the Tigers' offense? We've seen them. this Penn State defense have their lapses before. Uh, and Memphis is a rather high-powered offense. It's just the way that the American Athletic Conference is. Obviously, there's a big talent gap in that Penn State is a lot more talented than, say, Memphis is. Um, but I just... I wonder if the actual speed of Memphis is going to cause issues for uh, a Penn State defense that really is not very fast. Time for predictions. Devin is going with uh, Penn State 45 to 34, and I'm going to agree with him. I'm going to go Penn State as well, 28 to 21. Uh, I just, I'm sorry, Memphis. I'd be a lot more intrigued if, like, Mike Norvell was still the head coach, but he's not. Um, I just, I'm not, I don't think that this is really going to be too, too hard of a win for Penn State. I think that this is going to be one where you look at the score, and it's a lot closer than it is. I think that maybe, like, Penn State gets out to 21 to nothing, and it kind of ends up being 28-21. They've put it away in, you know, it's kind of stat padding towards the end. All right. We have the big one. And it's kind of weird because this is, like, one of the earlier games in conference. But it's because it is the college football playoff, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. And I still have an issue that it's the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. You were sponsored by Tostitos for the longest time. And it made so much sense because Tostitos, tortilla chips... Fiesta Bowl, Salsa, anyways, I don't know, the fact that it's a PlayStation Fiesta Bowl now bothers me, uh, irrationally, I am hashtag Matt Online, Matt on Air, would it be Matt on Air if, I, if this is about a podcast, anyways, uh, yeah, this is another game where I'm kind of, it really sucks I have to work during this one, but this is going to be recorded for later consumption and will probably be watched by myself as well as most of the draft community a good 20 or 30 times so that we can watch every player that's going to be draft eligible as well as guys for early work on 2021 come the summer. Um, Oh boy, man, there are just so many prospects for me to go over in this game uh, that uh, it would take me all day. Um... This one's going to be interesting because Ohio State, for the most part all year, throttled everyone in their in their sight, whereas Clemson got off to a very slow start. They won. I mean, Clemson is still undefeated. They won every game, but they didn't really start winning in impressive fashion until, like, midway through the season. Once the college football playoff rankings started getting released, that's when they started kicking ass, whereas Ohio State started doing that and never really stopped. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see whether, with a equal break, and now that they've had two or three weeks to prepare, which team is able to kind of pick up where they left off, uh, faster coming out of the gate. Uh, this is a 2020, uh, sorry, 2020 and 2021 draft extravaganza, as, uh, I mean, everyone's going to be wanting to talk about Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. These guys have been connected since they were in high school together. Number one quarterback in the nation that year, uh, in that year's recruiting class versus the number two quarterback, depending on which sites they were, honestly flip flopped. Um, both guys that have never lost a game 
Trevor Lawrence is almost through his sophomore year and has never lost a game um, under center for the Tigers. My big question for this game is: Can Ohio State's linebacking core keep up and stop the? Uh, sorry, keep up with, let alone stop the Clemson running game. Malik Harrison, Pete Werner, Tuff Borland, and Baron Browning. While they're all very good players in their own right, some better than others, they're all kind of limited athletically. They're not sideline-to-sideline freaks. They are by no means a Devin White, Micah Parsons, um, Dylan Moses, Isaiah Simmons. They aren't those type of linebackers. They are very much fill their you know their spot in the defense play with high football IQ and lay the wood type linebackers when you have to stop the threat of a Trevor Lawrence scramble as well as try to contain the speed of home run hitter uh, Travis Etienne it's going to be really tough when you got when your linebackers just aren't that fast i have my questions but i also have my questions about Clemson um you know they maybe are a little bit weak in the back four. AJ Terrell is a good uh, corner. I think that Kayvon Wallace, from what I've seen, and I haven't studied him entirely for the draft, is a decent safety. But they're they're replacing a a lot of talent from last year, and I think that some of these guys are not truly tested on the big stage. Clemson had a very weak schedule this year. The ACC was a complete joke. Texas A&M was probably their best win, and Texas A&M, I believe, is still unranked. There really wasn't a lot for Clemson to face, whereas Ohio State's guys, they're battle-tested because Michigan, uh, they had a you know kind of competitive game against Michigan State. They had... Um, Penn State, they faced Wisconsin twice, beat the tar out of them. Like, these are good teams that Ohio State has beaten down, whereas Clemson struggled with some really crappy teams and then started beating down the rest of the conference. Now that that's out of the way, I think that the best place to do is to pick this game, and Devin and I are both expecting high-scoring games. He's picking Ohio State 38-35, to I'm picking Ohio State 45 to 41. I like Clemson. Clemson has been great for the last really decade, going back to when I was still in high school. But you know, Clemsoning is no longer a thing like it was when I was in high school. But they're just they're they're not going to be able to go score for score with Ohio State. Um, I think this is going to be definitely the closer of the two. Uh, college football playoff semifinal games, but I just think that Ohio State has just enough of an edge. I think, really, if we were just looking at the quarterbacks, then yeah, I would pick Clemson, but I think roster-wise, Ohio State is just a little bit deeper. And then going from that game to a game that most of you probably won't watch, uh, it's the Red Box Bowl. It actually takes place next Monday, which, uh, you know... Is also my birthday, so for the second straight year, um, on my birthday, I've been treated to my favorite team, which is the California Golden Bears. In a game that will probably bore the, you know, the ever-loving crap out of most of the people watching. Last year was a cheese it bowl, the nine to six, 
turnover fest. Uh, this year they're facing Illinois. As I said, both of these teams woefully boring. Uh, Cal trying to erase the stink of last year's Cheez-It Bowl lost to TCU. Illinois, the last time we saw them, they were stuck in a slump. We'll have to see how they adjust. Um, man, I don't know how to react to really either of these teams. Illinois, last we saw them, they were getting beaten down pretty much by Northwestern, who struggled the entire year. So, I'm not entirely sure what to think of them. Um, you know, they have some guys. We've, we've talked about them all year. Reggie Corbin, when he's on, he's on. Daniel Lima Torbebe, when he's on, he's on. Delia Harding is never off. He's just on all the time. Olawole Batiku, he's kind of dipped off a bit, but he's still very much an impact player for the Illini. Cal's a little, you know, uh, a little different. They uh, they started off really well, tapered off due to injury, and then you know won the games they needed to to, to ensure bowl uh, to to ensure that they made a bowl game. They beat Stanford at Stanford. Um, this is honestly still not a great program. It hasn't been for a long time. It's been probably a decade since Cal could last be taken relatively seriously. Um, you know, this is a game that many are not going to watch for obvious reasons because it's going to be, be kind of boring. Um, Devin and I are split on this one. He's going with Illinois. 27-17. to 17. Uh, I am going with California 20-10. to 10. The reason I'm going with California has nothing to do with my fandom of the Golden Bears. It has everything to do with the fact that this game is in San Francisco, California, Berkeley. It's not that far. Um, so I think that the, the student section and the crowd is going to be largely uh, California fans. And I just, I don't trust this Illinois offense. I don't really trust Cal's offense either, but, I mean, if we're going player to player, the best player on Cal, the, the, if you look at the three best players in this game, sorry, two of them are Cal, one of them is Illinois. All right, when I looked at it, when you look at, and, and they're all defensive players, there's a reason. The offenses suck. Best player on Illinois is probably Dele Harding Jr., the linebacker. Best player on Cal is, it's a toss-up. It's either the safety Ashton Davis or it's the linebacker Evan Weaver. Talent wins out. I think that there's a slight talent edge for California. I think it's enough to get them a 20-10, uninspiring, kind of boring win. That's going to do it for today, guys. Again, like I said, wanted to get through this pretty, pretty quickly. We are under a half an hour. We are definitely at our shortest episode so far. But again, it's Christmas. All right. I didn't want to take you guys from your families for too long. All right. Go uh, go hug uh, you know, Grandma Susie. Um, have some eggnog and some gingerbread cookies. Eat some turkey. Get nice and fat and happy. Um, and Devin and I will see you again next week. Take care, guys.